0: So, we started here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, where it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So this was a big debate, right? Like, oh, am I under the law? I'm a Gentile Christian. And he's just saying, like, no, you can live by the Spirit, though. We know the acts of the flesh, right? We know that malice and anger and rage and all these things, these are acts of the flesh. But we're not Jewish Christians. We don't have to live under the law, but we can have the Holy Spirit in us, and those fruits begin to develop in our life. And what are some of the fruits that develop that other people can see and know that we're Christians? And some of them are what he just listed here, love and joy. I always say these aren't things that come natural right we don't we don't see a 2 or 3 year old right just naturally happy all the time and never ever get upset right there's moments when the 2 year old wants his own way and it's all about me 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 it's very egocentric and so when i prayed about it i really felt like the lord wanted me to look at goodness now this one can kind of be in our english interpretation or definition of it when we think of goodness in a biblical sense, we think of being like godlike, godliness, because one of the verses Jesus said, there is no one good, not even I am good, only the Father in heaven is good. So then when you're saying, well, one of the fruits of the Spirit is goodness, you're thinking, well, if Jesus said he wasn't even good, I'm not even going to try, right? Because it's like, uh, uh, Jesus got, I got nothing on Jesus, right? But you got to always look when you're reading through the Bible at the original Greek word. We have to remember, okay? So they're speaking in Hebrew, but they're writing it in Greek because that was the language. It'd be kind of like, okay, um, maybe we live in Germany, but we know that we want to write something down that is going to be preserved forever. And most of America, right, or in the world speaks English. So a lot of times like, when they do these different summits and things, they'll all speak English and they record everything in English. So at the time, everything was written down in Greek, okay, and a lot of it got translated to Latin, and I'm getting over my head, but basically, I looked up the word goodness in this paragraph, what was written originally, okay? In the definition, of, it's Greek, it's number 20, if you want to pull out a, a coordinates and look it up, because they number all the different words, and it says, showing generosity to others. So when you're showing generosity to others, you're being good to them. So that's the definition of this fruit of the Spirit, is that when we are showing generosity to others, we're being good. So when we show generosity to others, that's a fruit of Christianity. Now, most of us living in modern-day America would think, well, it's, of course it's nice to be good. That's, that's common knowledge. What you don't realize is that at the time when Jesus lived the earth, when the Romans had taken over the known world at that time, it was not normal. You looked out for yourself. Only. And to be good to others, to take care of orphans, to take care of widows, to share your coat if you had to, to share your food if you had more food, was not commonplace. That was not normal. They didn't even, if you got put in prison, you didn't feed, they didn't feed you. There was no rights for people in the prison. If you didn't know anybody in town that had mercy on your soul and would bring you food, you would literally starve to death in the prison. Or you would have to do physical labor and work for the prison guard to convince him to give you some food. So if you didn't, so hopefully you had like a mom or a dad or a sister or a brother or a wife that lived in town, and they would have to bring you food every day because there was not, wasn't even anything to eat in the prisons. So there was no being good to people. So we see here, though, that if we are a Christian we're living by the Spirit, one of the fruits that will come out of us was we will be, have show generosity to others. Now, as Christians, we know that these fruits have been talked about not just here in Galatians, okay? So let's look here in Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 43. Jesus was talking about fruit, and he says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn brushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of of the good stored in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I love how Jesus talks about this. I remember reading a meme like on Facebook or something, and it was talking about like people are like a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, when something gets banged into it, something spills out, right? And they were saying, basically, like, what do you have in you when you get banged, or when something big happens, what spills out of you is a reflection of what was in you. And it's exactly what Jesus is saying, isn't he? He's saying, look, if you have good, good things, good desires, good stuff coming in you, then that's what's going to come out of your mouth. That's what's going to come out of your heart. But when you're storing up evil things or have evil thoughts, then that's what comes out of you. But he relates that to the fruit on the tree. I mean, I have a cherry tree in the front of my house. It has never once given me an orange. Not one time. It's not given me any pears, but you know what? There's, sometimes there's these little cherries, and you know what happens though? Is the birds eat them. Before I get a chance to eat them, they'll go and they'll poke holes in it. I don't know what they do. And then I go pull it down, and I see all these holes in it, and I'd be like, oh, Was it a bug or was it a bird? Can I taste this? I just want these cherries so bad. But that tree has never given me once an orange. Why? Because it's a cherry tree. And so as Christians, the fruit that we want coming out of us, we want it to be good fruit. Okay, so as we go through this, we're going to talk about, okay, now that the Holy Spirit is in us, and of course it takes time for these fruits to ripen, right? And it's kind of like if I have a trash can, like, we used some trash cans today to, to cool down some bottles of water. We had to take the trash out first. Then we put it in a clean bag. Then we used to put it in the waters and we put the ice over it. And all of a sudden, the trash can transformed into a little mini cooler. Sometimes we have trash in us. Sometimes it's stuff we learn from our parents. It's bad situations we've been in. And when we get really angry or somebody bumps into us, sometimes that trash comes out, doesn't it? But as Christians, we know we want this good fruit to come out. So what do we do? We need to, number one, recognize the fruit that we want to have in our life, and then what the opposite is. As we go through this series, I'm going to talk to you about one of the opposites of these fruits, and ask you, is that opposite in your life? And it is, you make a conscious effort to remove the bad fruit, right, or the bad garbage, And so that way you can walk out the good life, right? The goodness and the things like that, the fruit that God wants us to have in our life. So if goodness's definition is showing generosity to others, the opposite I'm going to propose, and this is not biblical, don't get mad at me, but I believe the opposite of goodness is slothfulness, as the Bible calls it, or what we like to call here in America, English, laziness. Because if Goodness is showing generosity to others, especially, we know, we're Christians. If I know I should go do good, but I don't do it, most of the time I'm just being lazy, aren't I? Right? Like, it's like, okay, okay, I have these opportunities to do good, but I don't want to do it. I've got this slothfulness on me. So if we want to walk out and be, like like you said, a good man has good things coming out of him, and you can tell that tree by his fruit, but the evil man has evil things coming out of me— We know that slothfulness was one of those deadly sins that we talk about. One of the Proverbs talks about there's, you know, six things that the Lord's despised, seven things that he hates. And there's some—so there's just like there's seven of the different fruits of the Spirit. There's seven things that he hates, and one of them is slothfulness, which, again, is laziness. So I want you just to ask yourself, like, be generous in in how your time and your talent or your finances is and how you treat others— and don't fall in that trap of doing the opposite, which is just being slothful or um, complacent, right? You know, just, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do what's right. And so we know that we can have good fruit in us. So how do we do this as Christians? What are some ways? Jesus gave us one example. It's one of my favorite. It was actually kind of the inspiration for, for creating a Great Lakes Dream Center, I thought, how cool is it that we're talking about this in the day we do this work when all of you had worked so hard, right, to do all of this. Um, But it starts here in Matthew chapter 25, and it starts in verse 31. And Jesus is talking, okay, this is towards the end of Matthew, so this is kind of some of the last parables, last examples before he goes to the cross. And he says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, this is the last days. He will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he, Jesus, will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from his goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. When the king will say to those on his right, then the kings will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. That kingdom must be pretty awesome if they've been preparing it since the creation of the world. I mean, if you go by the young earth theory, right, you know, the Christian theory, 6,000 years. In 6,000 years with angel armies, I'm betting it's going to be pretty awesome. I mean, that's if we were to go today. It might be even further. But anyway, I'm just saying heaven's cool. He says, all right, come you who are blessed. Then the king will say to those on his right, the sheep. Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I needed, I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They will also answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So it's kind of a strong passage, isn't it? And it makes us really look and examine and say, what are we doing for the least of these? in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in the world. And I know there's a lot of people that will say, like, well, Mary, I can't, I got to work 40 hours a week. I can't go and visit the hospital or visit the prisons or do all these things. And I remember there was a song back in the 90s when I was a young girl, and it was talking about this missionary and how um, he had come to somebody's church, and the guy put money in and sent money to help this guy and then and then how the church would collect an offering and he put money in that or how like they would do small events and he would go and help and this and that and then when he died this man went to heaven and all these people were lined up and they said thank you thank you i was in africa and you gave me fresh water and he's like what Like, I lived in Montana my whole life. Like, what are you talking about? And he said, when you gave to the missionary, you helped me. And then the next person comes up, and they said, thank you. I was in prison. You gave me a Bible. And he was like, what? I've never visited a prison my whole life. And they said, when you gave money to your local church, they sent Bibles to the prison, you know. And it was just this song, and all these different people came up, and they were like, thank you, thank you. You know, I I was it. I accepted Christ, right, when I was at the VBS. And he's like, what? Because he volunteered there. And it was interesting because this whole song, the whole premise was, this man lived a good life in his own little town, but yet his impact by him being generous to others, right, the fruit of goodness in him, how it affected so many people. And in heaven, that inheritance, that reward, that's finally the day you'll learn how all the things you did, how it affected all these different people. You know, because of what you did to keep this going, this place going, how the work we're able to do. Maybe you're not the one going to the hospital with me, but because we're here, they're, the hospital's calling me saying, Mary, we got this person that I, uh, one the lady I went to visit most recently with, I hadn't seen her for two years. She came to the Dream Center the first year we opened and she still has down. She's like, no, that's my church. That's my pastor. So here she was in the hospital. I get a call from the hospital. I go and meet her at her house and bless her and bless her home after she got out of the hospital because this place was here the last three years, right? You don't know how your impact is to, on everybody around you. So Jesus tells us numerous ways, right, on how to love people and help people. But here's the kicker. This is the biggest thing people always say to me. Uh, most recently, when we put the water and the Gatorade out for the, the road workers, right, people will say, aren't you afraid someone's going to steal it? Aren't you afraid someone's going to just take it and take advantage of you? You know, aren't you afraid that people are going to come take diapers that don't need the diapers and, you know, all this stuff? But here's the, here's the thing. We're supposed to help everybody, We're supposed to even help our enemies. We're supposed to help everyone. And how they use that or what they do with it, that's between them and God. But when I stand before the Lord, do you think he's going to judge me and say, Mary, 10% of everything you gave away, they didn't need it. You think he's going to judge me for that? No, he's probably going to be like 90% of everything you guys gave away went to help somebody that was in prison or needed clothing or needed these things, right? And so Jesus tells us to bless even our enemies. Most of you heard this, but I just love this. I want to read it again. It's in Luke chapter 6, verse 27. He says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. So what about the people that take advantage of us here at the Great Lakes Dream Center? Jesus told us to do good. Do they hate us? Maybe they do. Maybe they don't like me. Maybe they just want the free Gatorade. Maybe they come at midnight when nobody's looking and take all the Gatorades, and I got to come down here every morning or Marlene and go fill it up with more ice and more Gatorades because it's empty right? But Jesus told me to do good to them. So I need to stand there and not curse them out, but I need to stand there and say, Lord, bless every single person who took a Gatorade from this place. May they know that you love them. May they know that we love this community, right? He says, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. I remember one time somebody was so nasty to me. They were so mean. They got to a point where a couple of the elders and a couple of the associate pastors came to me and said, no more of this. We're going to write this person a letter and tell them they can't come anymore because they are just being so mean to me. And I was like, well, can I put at the end of the letter I'd like to take them to lunch and that, like maybe we can still meet for help, you know? And they were like, no. Now, what was going on? This is my heart. Bless those who curse you right? Pray for those who mistreat you. I love this. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. The other day, you'll understand, (laughs) but the other day, my son, I asked him to get something out of the glove box. He opens the glove box and he, he goes, what are these? I had a pack of cigarettes, brand new cigarettes, never been opened in my glove box. And I miss little, my dad died of lung cancer when I was 11 and like preach it all the time to my kids about smoking, right? And um, he, my son was just like shocked. He's like, why do you have cigarettes in your car? And at the time I didn't have time to tell him. I said, it's a long story I'll tell you. So I'm going to tell Wesley why I had cigarettes in my car the other day. So I got the Jeep parked in the parking lot right underneath the awning and I just get done unloading all of this stuff. It's 5.30, I had a really good friend's birthday who was the next day, and I have to be at the Good Samaritan Rescue Mission at 6.15 for chapel. So I got to go preach at 6.15, I'm unloading my car, it's 5.30, I've literally got 45 minutes, I'm thinking, oh good, I'm going to finish unloading my car, I'm going to hop in my car, I'm going to drive downtown, I'm going to go order some flowers, get her some chocolate, I'm going to go preach, and I'm going to go home, and I'm tired. just be real, right? I was tired that day. And as I'm unloading my car, somebody comes walking up on the sidewalk, and they're like, oh, hey, hey. And I said, yeah, can I help you? Is there anything you need? You need something from the blessing shop? I always talk to the neighbors that are walking by. Yeah, yeah, I need something. I said, oh, good. What can I do for you? I need a ride. And she opens up the passenger seat and gets in my car and buckles up. I was like, Okay, yeah, I got time where you need to ride. I hope it's not sagging on because And she's like, oh no, no, I just need to go to the party store. And It was hot. It was one of those really hot days So I'm thinking I'm calculating my okay the party store So I take her over to the party store. I'm like, well, where do you need to go now? And she goes 16th Street I'm like, okay, so I'm driving to 16th Street And she was took a while in the party store. Let me just back up She took a while in the party store and at one moment I thought how long am I gonna wait before I leave and then I realized she left her cell phone sitting in her seat she left that phone, so I wouldn't leave her. I know it. She thought, I can trust this lady. I'm leaving my phone, because she won't leave me if I leave that phone. So she left her phone, and she gets back in. She wants to go 16th Street, so I'm thinking, okay, you know, the mission's at 9th Street. At this point, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get a gift for my friend, you know. And so I go, and I take her that way, and I'm halfway over to 9th, 20, 16th Street, and she's like, oh, no, oh, no, I can't go over there. you got to take me over to 38th Street. I'm like, Okay, let's go to 38th street. So we drove and drove and drove and we're going around and it was some street where there was like dead ends and stuff and it was kind of hard to find it. But anyway, get her there, drop her off. Got everything good. She's taking her time. I thought she had everything. She gets in there and I drive to the mission. When I get to the mission, I go to get my Bible and I realize she left her pack of cigarettes. And she didn't smell like smoke, but most people don't necessarily smell like smoke if they smoke outside. So I don't know if they were her cigarettes or if she's buying them for somebody else. But here's the thing. I did a good thing, even though I didn't feel like it, even though I didn't want to, even though it wasn't convenient. And now I have cigarettes in my car. And I was like, well, I was debating about throwing them away, but then I thought, if she comes back, she knows who's got them. So I got them in the glove box in case I see her. I'm going to wait one month, and then I'm going to throw them away. But, you know, here's the thing. it's opportunity opportunities to do good. I'm going to bet right now, 75% of the time, you're not going to feel like it. You're not going to want to do it. It's not going to be convenient. That's what makes Christians different. Because we don't do it because there's something in it for us. We do it because it's right. Because that's why it says, I love when Jesus says, you will know them by their fruit. You will know them because they're different than anybody else in town. You'll know them, okay? He says, give to everyone who asks you. If anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. She took my time, let's be real. She took some of my gas. But I gave it to her. Now, obviously, if someone's physically harming me, you know, if some, you know if some, I'm not going to let somebody rape me. I'm not going to let somebody hit me. I'm not going to let somebody, you know, take my car from me. We obviously have boundaries. That's why I love about um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. One of the first things is love protects, right? But if it's something I can give in that moment, I'm going to try to help. It says, do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? If you're good to your kids but nasty to the neighbor's kids, what credit is that to you? Right? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full, right? We don't have a problem paying to go see the movies downtown. We don't have a problem right, going to the grocery store and having to pay for a meal. But Man, people have a problem coming into a church and giving, don't they? <laughs> right, well, it should be all free. Yeah, okay. who's going to pay for the lights, Right? Who's gonna pay? Some, there's got to be something coming in, right? I don't want to get into that about I'm try, I try to be really good about not asking for money, and I just keep asking God to provide. But I mean, it's real. Like we don't, you know, we don't think anything of it when I go into Burger King with five kids, and all of a sudden it's forty bucks now for Big Macs. It's like, give me a freaking break! Well, they got a shake, and they got this and that. And at that point, you gotta just pay for it. You're like, what the heck? But man, you know, put an extra 20 in the plate, right? Like, we, we, we don't, we have a problem with that. And if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. I love that word, merciful. See, when we're good, when we don't feel like it, when we're good and we give and we're generous, we're being merciful. We know that we're in a position where we can, but most of us just don't. So he tells us what to do, right? Everything you are filled with can either be good the laziness. I mean, some people are just lazy about giving. Some people are, are lazy about helping. Some people are just lazy about being good. Sometimes it's literally, you know, praying and asking the Lord, who do I help this week? And somebody might walk up and get in your car and buckle up. And you're like, okay, so I'm going to be good to her this week, right? Right? I mean, that, that I could go on with stories about that one. That was just the most recent one. But let me pray for all of you. Father God, we just thank you so much that on a hot day, when maybe they'd rather be at the park, these people are here to praise you, to honor you, and to hear about how they can be good, how they can be generous to others. Reveal to them this week if there's any areas of their life that where they've been slothful or lazy, if there's any areas that they need to pull out some of the bad habits they've learned over the years and instead put some goodness in there. If the Holy Spirit is in them because they've accepted Christ, then we know that that fruit is there. It just maybe needs to mature and develop. May you direct them this week on how they can be good. For some of them, it might mean giving. For some of them, it might mean volunteering. For some of them, it might just mean bringing a box of donuts into work once a week and being kind to the coworkers that are really nasty to them. For some of them, it might be going over to the neighbor's house and offering to cut their grass. For some of them, it might be helping a single mom who doesn't have a car and driving her to VBS or the blessing shop so she can get something that she needs. Father God, you know what needs to be done in our neighborhoods, in our families, in this community. We're asking you to show us this week how to be good, how to be generous to others, so that one day when we're in heaven, we'll not only just get there because we know who Jesus is, but we'll be rewarded once we're there for all the goodness that we did while we're here on earth. And we're not doing this for reward, but we're so thankful that you do reward those who are generous. So help us to be generous in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So the blessing shop will be open after service and that food buffet. um, Maybe what we'll do here is we'll ask Claudia and Wesley, go take all the lids off of that, or maybe Roland, you're right there or there's Marlene. There she is. I didn't see her. She was hiding behind the door. Let's get that all ready. We've got all these takeout boxes. If I see you leave the church without at least two takeout boxes in your hand, I'm going to be like, isn't there anybody you can be good to? Go drop a box off to grandma, right? Go drop the box off. So everybody go grab what you need, okay? God bless. Have a wonderful week, and thank you all so much for your help.